we all have to own collectively that that is scary. I'm not negating at all that it's scary. And God is with us in it. And often I think when we can get over the hump of those first few steps, mm-hmm. it does become easier. I often will attribute, attribute it to sort of like a muscle that we flex, right? The more that I flex that muscle of obedience, the easier it tends to be next time. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, I am so excited to talk with Rebecca George to learn about how to pursue our passions that stir in our soul and how to do the thing. Rebecca is the author of the book, Do the Thing. She's a speaker and the host of her own popular podcast, Radical Radiance. Her greatest joy is helping women pursue their passions in a way that builds God's kingdom. And in her free time, y'all, I love this. She loves running. Don't necessarily love that, but you know what? She's always cooking and listening to Garth Brooks. So sister, I'm there with you on the last two. So welcome to the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, Rebecca. We're so glad to have you. Oh, Bethany, I'm so happy to be with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Man, well, I've got to say, I've read your book and I know that your expertise is coaching and encouraging women, but so much of your book, Do the Thing, spoke to me as a leader. And I'm just like, you know what? We got to get her on the podcast because leaders need all of her wisdom in this book, do the thing. So first of all, can we just start off in defining, what do you mean by the thing? Absolutely. I think that can be a hard thing for many of us to define. One reason being we wear a lot of hats, right? As leaders, we, we lead people, we have maybe a place where we feel led to serve in, in or outside of the local church. And so we wear all of these hats. And yet I think there are seasons where we feel our hearts stirred toward a particular thing. And maybe it's a way that we see that our gifts and talents can be used to the glory of God. Maybe it's an organization that we feel our hearts stirred towards and we feel passionate about that particular thing and we want to get involved in some way. Maybe it's, we feel our hearts stirred to, disciple a group of women in our, in the context of our local church, whatever it is for you today, that as we say that, that thing is coming to mind. That's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think some things happen in us as we, uh, at times myself included, allow the enemy to just get a foothold in that area and we delay our obedience. So sometimes it's fear, sometimes it's doubt, insecurity. And so a lot of the conversations I love having our, how do we root ourselves in biblical truth so that when we have those moments, we know where to turn. Yes. You know, and I'm going to be honest, you know, I say a lot on the podcast that people that don't pay attention to the psychology of things will always be burned by it in your book, girl, I have dog-eared it. I have highlighted it. It has spoke spoken to me in so many different levels because it's really making me look at look at, reflect on my internal struggles as just a person, um, even beyond my leadership title role or whatever my role is in my church, in my family, you know, in my business. And it's making me reflect on those internal struggles and fears. And you focus on getting to the root of that, like what's causing us to, you know, struggle or to be slow to start. And I just, I've got to know, I felt like you were reading my soul in this. So how do you you have so much insight into that internal struggle we have and and that fear of how to do the thing? Yeah. Well, 
That's so kind of you, Bethany, to say. I, I don't know if there's something more encouraging that you can offer an author than saying that you highlighted and dog-eared their book because I remember <laughs> sitting down to write many times and thinking, and I just I just want God's word to transform our hearts. And so I'm so honored and encouraged that that happened in the process. Oh, yes. But ultimately, yeah, I think coming back to some of the conversations I've had with women is probably where a lot of that insight has come from. And going back to some of those moments in my own life where I've had to overcome some of those same obstacles, you know this because you've read the book, but many years ago, I had a ministry for about five or six years that I led where we donated handmade hats and handwritten letters of encouragement to Mm -hmm. cancer treatment centers all over America. We did work with St. Jude and MD Anderson and some awesome organizations. And as I did that work, I had the opportunity to share what God was doing and you know, was invited to speak at churches and women's groups and things like that. And that's really where the heartbeat, I think for, for me and in, in encouraging and equipping women Mm -hmm. started. And that whole ministry was really born out of my mom's cancer journey. And so it was on the other side of that, that I was leading this. And so Mm I, I would go share somewhere and you'll relate to this, Bethany. I think some of the most special moments that happen in what we do and in speaking actually happen off stage and in the conversations that we get to have afterwards. And so I would have women come up to me and say something to the effect of, you know, I feel my heart stirred towards a particular Mm -hmm. something. And it feels a lot like the way that you describe this ministry that you're leading. And I love how God's taken your mom's story and brought about this ministry opportunity. Mm -hmm. And yet, I find myself held back in this particular way. And usually they would hush to a whisper or I would start to sense just that shame and embarrassment on their face because they hadn't taken that next step of faith. And they would share with me, you know, it's fear, it's doubt. It's, Mm -hmm. am I the girl for the job? It's it's, maybe it's insecurity. Yes. It's all those things. (laughs) It's all those things. Right. And, and, and I'm pointing the finger right back at myself because I've walked through that as well. And so we would have these conversations and, I think Bethany, as a communicator, as a person who loves words and loves speaking and writing and encouraging and equipping, you reach a point where you see a thread Mm -hmm. in conversations you're having and you get to that place of like, no longer on my watch. Like I I want and feel called and um, so strongly that I need to write a message that can kind of root us in that biblical truth so that we yes. don't stay stuck there. So absolutely. And you know, it is such a mental game. I think the biggest battle that people face is in their own heads. You know, we, and you mentioned this in the book about how we stall our own spiritual journeys because we're worrying too much about what other people will think. You know, we have the imposter syndrome, you know, who am I? They have the wrong person, you know, and God doesn't, and, and I've heard this cliche a lot, but it's not just a cliche to me. I truly believe it. God doesn't just you know, he, he equips the called, you know, he calls you first and then he equips you along the way. And I think so often we fight God. We want it to be the other way around. You know, we want to, you know, have everything nice and organized and have the skill sets and have the confidence and then start. And I've just found in my own leadership journey, that's not how things happen. No, no. (laughs) Do you feel the same? I wish it was. I wish that when I took a step of faith, I felt like I had what it takes. I wish that I could see the end of the path and where it was leading when I blindly take that next step. And I'm, I've, we've both been living long enough to know that that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. And I also think 
it's such a beautiful opportunity for us to lean into the character of God in those moments, because the reality, and I say this in the book is, is you don't have what it takes. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like the Lord equips us in those steps of obedience as we journey through that with him. And we have the Holy spirit residing in us. God is giving us Mm -hmm. his wisdom in those times. And, and sometimes myself included, we just lean on our own understanding so much rather than relying on him. And I think that's another place where we just have to point ourselves back to um, Mm -hmm. the fact that God, the God that we serve is infinite in all of his ways, which is more than my brain can comprehend, but he's infinite. He's limitless. His everything else we know to be true about his character is, Mm -hmm. is such as well. And the problem is that we're not. The problem is that we are so very finite and have very real limits and capacity. And so that's why we feel the way we feel when Mm -hmm. we're scared or we're doubting or, or whatever. But that, if I let it, allows me to go back to this place of just worshiping and being in awe of God's character and who he is. And then standing in my rightful place in the situation as the one who has limits, right. (laughs) And, and entrusting that fear and that doubt or that insecurity to God Mm -hmm. in those moments. You know, that, that makes me want to just take a deep breath. And for all of you new leaders out there, young leaders, you don't have to have it all figured out, right? It's a journey. You will praise God. Absolutely. He will equip you along the way. Every lesson that you have, every hardship you go through, you're going to learn the different skill set in that to keep going. And so one, you know, as I'm reading this, obviously I've started a podcast, you know, I've, I've left education, right. Very comfortable. I, I, I it's comfortable to me, right. Some people may be like, Oh, I kids. No, I love it. I left something because God stirred something in my heart and it was so scary. I had to get over myself. I had to face those fears through prayer reflection and just, you know, asking God to fill me with his wisdom, discernment, and Holy spirit. Um, but it's a daily battle. It it's not just a pray once and then, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go. So talk to us about, you know, if someone out there has that, that stir in their heart, that, that calling of, I think God wants me to go for this, but they're scared to death. Like what advice would you give them on how to step out and do the thing? Mm. Yeah, I share a story in the book of a painting class I took with my grandfather. It's probably my favorite story uh, that I tell and how scary it was to like look at a blank canvas when we walked in at the very beginning of class. And and I attribute that in a similar way to how we feel when we're starting to do the thing. It looks a lot like a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. And the more we leaned into that class and learned from the instructor and we had this, you know, this palette of paint in front of us, I realized that we had what we needed. We had the tools, we had mm-hmm. the instructor, we had what we needed and um, we just had to take that first step. Yes. And actually, I think those first few paint strokes across the canvas were the scariest because nothing existed. <laughs> you were creating something that didn't yet exist. So when oh, you started so this podcast, mm-hmm. right, you were blazing into a new territory, a new like frontier that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And those first few steps of like, okay, Lord, I sense you leading in this direction. Let yeah. me let me write, you know, a description of what this podcast would actually be. That probably felt 
scary. And yet when you got done, it probably felt really freeing Mm -hmm. to actually be on the other side of a step of obedience. Right. And so I think we all have to own collectively that that is scary. I'm not negating at all that it's scary and God is with us in it. And often I think when we can get over the hump of those first few steps, Mm -hmm. it does become easier. I often will attribute attribute it to sort of like a muscle that we flex, right? The more that I flex that muscle of obedience, the easier it tends to be next time, because I realize that God is with me, that I'm not alone, that Mm -hmm. he indeed will equip me with what I need. And, (laughs) um, yeah, we're, we're, none of us have it figured out. Like, I love that you brought that up and none of us have it figured out. I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to write a book before I wrote a book. I didn't know how to start a podcast before I started a podcast. Yes. Um, we just and you've done wonderful at both. Steps. Well, you're very <laughs> so encouraging. Very well, and I've and I've done it imperfectly. And I think that's important to say as well, which I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about that a little later. I know, but yeah. um, but that's if anything, I hope encouragement that you know we all have that collective experience. Yes. And um, sometimes the actual doing of that first step is is the most important part, obviously, to get us started. Yes. You know, that makes me think of anybody that's seen Indiana Jones, you know, where he's trying to go find, I think the Holy grail and he has to take that leap of faith and he, you know, has to step first and then the bridge appears, you know, the Holy uh-huh. buffet thing. Yeah. I love making movie references, but all right. So let's just kind of back up. All right. So we've have something stirred in our hearts. God's called us to, we have really stepped out in faith. We're starting to do the thing and hardships come and it's because hardships always come, right? We're not going to do things perfectly. Mm-hmm. So you have a whole chapter dedicated to spirit led stick to So let me say that word again, mm-hmm. stick to Now I'm going to make a strong generalization. So forgive me for this, but you know, one could argue that we have this shift in our culture uh, where we're now lacking resilience and perseverance and these things. And you know, when things get hard, we tend to run away from them, not mm. necessarily towards them, which makes me think of another movie, actually, um, Monty Python in search of the Holy Grail, where King Arthur and his men are always like, run away, run away <laughs> when yeah. things get hard. So, you know, we quit too soon. And you actually have a quote, uh, and, and I'm going to read it exactly. Scrappy gets us past the start line. Intentional helps us endure the hard days. So how do we gain that stick to Yeah. Well, I'll speak to the quote first and say that I think there are moments where it's okay to be scrappy, right? It's okay to be scrappy, to get past the start line, to get started in a direction where you feel led to, to serve or to start something. And podcasting would be an example for me. I am not obviously in my recording studio today. I'm in my office. Um, but I didn't have the recording studio equipment that I have now when I first Mm -hmm. started my podcast. I didn't need that. I didn't know if I was committed enough to this. I didn't know (laughs) if it would stick. I didn't know if it would be successful. What I needed was a $20 USB mic off of Amazon to just get me started. Right. So that's an example of Mm -hmm. being scrappy to just get yourself going. And there comes a point where you choose to be intentional. There was a moment where I said, okay, God is really blessing this. And so I want to be a good steward of this platform that he's given me um, that I will be held accountable for one day. And I want to do that with excellence. And so I'm going to choose to invest in the equipment that I need for the long haul. And so I did that. Mm -hmm. And 
um, that has helped me endure past the hard days and it's helped push the podcast forward. Yes. And so, so I would say that's an example of how I think that quote plays out and something the Lord has really been refining and, and showing in my own personal life these days, as it pertains to this idea of stick to is, and you hinted at it. In the world, we, in the last, I, I would argue, maybe eight to 10 years, have really um, seen, I would say, two sort of agendas pop up. We've seen mm-hmm. this like self-care, do everything for yourself at all costs, sort of yeah. extreme on this end. Yeah. And then we've also seen a lot of books hit shelves. And I, as I say this, you will, you will have books come to mind, I have no doubt, that <laughs> have this very much um, recipe for self-sufficiency, um, hustle and do all of the things at all mm-hmm. costs, um, get up earlier, drink more water, read all the self-development books and become yes. a better person type narrative. And we see both out in the world. And I, I don't know that either yeah. is, is serving us well. And I was on a run a few months ago at my parents' house and I found myself really struggling and I started praying and just asking the Lord, like, man, my body can't do what it, it used to do. Me and my husband have been in this really beautiful, but hard season of moving and buying a house and mm-hmm. launching this book. And I've spent a lot more time on my Peloton bike indoors than I have outside running lately, which is a shame, but it's just our season. And so I was just being honest with the Lord of like, man, I don't love that. I'm having to break to a walk. I've never had to do that before on this particular route. Yeah. And the Holy spirit just spoke and said, you know, Rebecca, you can, you can hold both grace and self-discipline. You know that, right? Like, you know that you can have grace for your body and where it is today in this season. And also like you can finish the route, even Mm -hmm. if you have to walk, like you're allowed to walk right now. Right. And so when we look to scripture, we see such a case for, um, you know, God's grace is sufficient for us. We boast all the more gladly in our weaknesses so that the power of Mm -hmm. Christ can rest upon us. Paul tells us. And then we also see whatever you drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. We do, we are to do things with excellence, right? And so both are true and both have to be true if we're Mm going to live with spirit led stick to itiveness. And so I think we can just do a better job of, really pointing ourselves back to those truths in those moments, yes. because I think we cling to one or the other and oh, both. So true. <laughs> you know, we go all in on one of input equals output. If I just have the perfect system and when we mess up that, you know, quote unquote, perfect system, we're just like, you know, I scrap it. I'm not going to be able to do that. And that's the problem in and of itself is perfection. The state of perfection is not possible. So there's grace is so important, but you can't always say, you know, treat yourself and, you know, it's too hard and then quit. There's that that delicate harmony between both. And it does depend on the season and the situation. And you got to tap into prayer life to, Mm -hmm. to find that, you know, to know the difference of when you need to, you know, pick up your bootstraps and go, or when you need to say, you know what, it's okay. God's giving me grace here and it's okay. Let's move forward. Um, and I think that that wisdom and discernment is so important in those two, instead of, you know, hiding out in one camp or the other. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, all right. So I have another quote. And again, I told you I've highlighted and dog-eared this so much. Again, Aww. you're just speaking to the heart of so many things that I've thought and struggled with internally, those internal struggles. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's the quote that I just love too. Many times we feel weary, not because we're failing to make progress, but because we desire to compress our progress into a shorter window than God planned. This one just was like a stab in the heart. I feel like I do that all the time. And I started to zoom out of why do I feel this way? And then I started looking at, do other leaders feel this way and talking with my friends? And the answer was yes. You know, especially if you're in a leadership position, you got there because you were a really good individual contributor, right? You were a high achiever, hard worker, all these things. And then before you know it, you're leading people and then the progress slows down because there's just so many more things, so many more problems, conflicts, and constraints than you're dealing with. And you are just flooded with, you know, you're aggravated because you're not making progress. You have that whole, you know, internal struggle we talked about of imposter syndrome. Why am I, why am I not making progress? Mm. And it's just this like internal war. And I just want to know, like, you kind of talk a lot about striving. And I think for me, that was the root. Uh, can you tell our listeners what striving is and the negative mm. effects of it? Yeah, absolutely. I want to say first that any personality test I've ever taken in my life has told me I'm an achiever. That always <laughs> comes up as like my number one, it's my number one strength and <laughs> strength finders. It's yeah. come up on, um, you know, several others. And so I would say my life has been marked by the struggle of really wrestling through what is healthy ambition mm-hmm. and what is true striving. And I think there are a few ear markers that help me recognize that a few that listeners might find helpful would be, yes. do you wake up in the morning and you're already anxious before you get out of bed? And everything that you feel that you have to accomplish that day, or you end your day and you look at your to-do list. I'm a to-do list girl. I don't know if you are, but um, yes. and you, you look at the things that you didn't get to accomplish and, and it, it sort of like wells back up in you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I'm not talking about like, you know, that day or two out of the month that can be a little tricky. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about, you know, um, maybe there's extra commitments that week that have stressed you out. I'm talking about like for the last few months, mm-hmm. you have felt that rise up in you. Yeah. Um, there's just some, of there's some things like that, that we can begin to recognize and we see it in our own hearts if we're real honest. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I think again, from a, from a spiritual standpoint, like that's how we recognize it. And then from a spiritual standpoint, how do we lay truth against it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think as women, we love to know, and as leaders, we love to know men or women, like you're enough in Christ, you've achieved enough, you are enough, you're worthy, right? Like we love phrases like that as Christians, Mm -hmm. where I think we don't go far enough is to actually complete the sentence. Like I am only worthy and enough because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross and my restored relationship with the father. And again, back to all those beautiful theological truths that we know to be true about God, the fact that he's limitless, that he uh, is infinite. When we're striving, we are trying to be that. And God didn't create us for that. God didn't wire us to be infinite 
or limitless. We're just not right. And so when I, again, when I ground myself in that truth and say, Lord, I recognize that this is welling up in me. You didn't wire me to carry this. Mm -hmm. You didn't wire me to carry this. Like Jesus tells us in the gospels, like, come to me, all you, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Like I want to find my rest in you where it's supposed to be found. And I wasn't wired to be limitless. And so help me recognize my limits and live as if I know that you are the infinite God that I serve. And because of that, I put healthy boundaries in place. I recognize my capacity. And I think the other piece of that, that I would add is that that changes. Yeah. That changes right from season to season. Absolutely. Um, When you have, when you have children, when you change jobs, yes. when something's going on with your spouse, like mm-hmm. there are so many things that can impact our capacity. And sometimes what we fail to acknowledge is when something needs to shift and yes. giving ourselves permission to do that, which is really important. Yeah. And, you know, in, in that section of the book, you talk about how important it is to name it, you know, name the root of our striving and it's different for everyone. And it, it changes by season. You know, whenever I became an administrator, opening a brand new high school. There's so much hope and the new school is going to be amazing. Yeah. You know, everybody wanted that. But with that is with such high expectation came my control. Really. I was fighting for control mm-hmm. of image management. You know, I'm dealing with kids, kids make mistakes, kids make dumb decisions. It's going to happen at every school. You know, I can work to be proactive, to communicate and all those things. But at the end of the day, God was showing me that I was striving for you know, the perfect image. And I was trying to control mm-hmm. everything. And he, and, and you are so on point when we are able to reflect and then name it, it's almost like releasing that power of it. Um, that now I can see, you know, signs of it creeping back up. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think I'm, I'm think I'm striving again for that. And I don't have to, I don't need to, and I can kind of pull it back through prayer. Um, so why do you think it's so important to name the root of our striving? Mm. Well, I think for so long as women, we've just lived and, and, and just as leaders, I want to be careful to say that mm-hmm. we've just lived with it, right? We've just, yeah. we've just dealt with it because we this felt like who I that am. was the right thing to do. And we're just, <laughs> you know, we're just high achievers and that's just the way God wired us. Mm-hmm. And I think a good bit of my life, I felt really apologetic about the fact that I was a high achiever. Um, and I know I'm talking to a lot of leaders in this conversation right now. And so Mm -hmm. you probably did too. You probably wrestled through that challenge of like, man, I'm not the type of person that can just like sit at the end of the day and watch four hours of television before I go to bed. (laughs) Like I, I have to be like doing something right. And, and that's just the way that God wired me. And I actually think that that's a gift if we see Mm -hmm. it rightly. Yeah. Because not everyone is, is in that camp of being a high achiever, we just have to steward it well. Mm -hmm. And so if we recognize, okay, this is the root of that. Again, I, and you know, the story, I share a story about when I was in elementary school and my teacher complimented me on how quickly I finished a multiplication tables quiz. And I've never forgotten that. Like I got a 100 and, Mm -hmm. and she was so like sweet to tell the class of how quickly I finished. And, and like what that did to me and like my ego was like, man, if you do it faster, better than anybody else, that is how you will learn. You will earn love and acceptance and yes. all of those things. 
And so I lived like that was true a good bit of my life. And so, again, I think when we recognize, um, man, I'm creeping into that unhealthy territory mm-hmm. and we know where to turn, right? We read ourselves yeah. in that biblical truth, then we're able to turn ourselves hopefully from that a little quicker. Even. Man, that's so good. So, you know, just to bring it back, kind of the journey that you took me on was one, I have to overcome those internal struggles of the fear that I have and just do the thing, step out on faith and do the thing. And then when I come to the hardships, you know, being intentional to have that stick to to go through that, but then also to recognize, be able to recognize the root of my striving when it becomes unhealthy. And so that's the journey that I have literally been walking in my life that you Mm -hmm. are seeing into. And I think so many of us are doing that, whether, you know, we're leading a company or starting a company or leading a team, or maybe we're, we have a side hustle that we're turning into a business or just leading at home and becoming a new parent, a new wife. It doesn't matter what that that path is, we kind of all have that same journey of doubt, fear. What do we do when we have hardships? You know, how do I overcome that? What's the real reason I'm doing this? And you just speak to all of it. And I love at the end of each chapter, you have a manifesto, you know, and and you make us read it out loud. And I love it. You know, it, it really declares and provides freedom of, you know what, this is who I am and this is what I'm about. And it just gets rid of all the crud, all the stories that we've believed about ourselves. It just kind of helps you know, shake all that off. So, you know, I love the manifesto. What inspired you to put that at the end of the book? It's so good. Thank you. That really mattered to me because I think a lot of books, particularly like this nonfiction, you know, Christian living space, like we, we read something like this and we're encouraged, inspired, whatever. And then we just set it on our shelves and we're like, okay, cool. Like that was a great book. And I just felt that there was more to this message than that. And so that was why the manifesto mattered to me. That's why the end of chapter activities of scripture for reflection and prayer prompts and really digging into how God was speaking to us mattered. And so I wanted with the manifesto to have a statement at the end of every chapter that really rooted us back to like, okay, if you Mm -hmm. remember nothing else, if you anchor yourself to no other truth, like remember this. Right. And so it kind of builds on itself throughout the book, Mm -hmm. as you said. And um, then at the end, you have just this collection of encouraging statements to go back to. I've had readers who have printed it out or written it and posted it on their bathroom mirror or stuck Mm -hmm. a copy in their Bible. And they're just going back to it um, when they need that dose of encouragement. So I pray that's what it does. Yeah. It, well, it has for me. It's, it's so true. And, and whenever I'm struggling with a specific point, you know, I go back and look at what chapter was that in? Oh, and I go and read that yeah. part of the manifesto. Yeah. Um, you know, in looking at all of this, there's one, uh, specific concept that you have in there that I really think our listeners need to hear, you know, our leaders, you talk about the zone of genius. And I was like, mm. yes, yes, we all need this. Can you explain mm-hmm. the zone of genius? Yeah, I think this is, I think there's a couple ways I could speak to this as a leader. One, you could see your zone of genius as that area that God has really uniquely gifted you in. We all have one. We all have probably a few. And those are the things that come natural to you. It does not take a whole lot of effort to learn or excel at that mm-hmm. particular thing and really identifying and leaning into those things and how you're using them and wherever God has planted your feet today really, really matters. Yes. Um, that's why I, I, one of my favorite personality assessment tools is Finders because I love how great of a job it does at identifying 
what we're naturally wired for, which yeah. although they don't say this, I think I know we know that God gave us those things, which is such a gift. And so, so there's that portion of identifying and, and leaning into that. I also would add with zone of genius that it can also be referred to as the time of day in which we are most productive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important to identify for me. I work out early in the mornings and find that that first few hours when I hit my desk and the first few hours of my workday are the most productive for me. It's my zone of genius. I'm useless by about three o'clock in the afternoon, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like as it pertains to things that require a lot of strategy or big braining. Yeah. Like I'm not going to write a chapter of my book at 3 PM, right? That's just not a great time for me. And so I also have friends who their most productive hours of the day are after they put their child down to bed and they've always been a night owl. And so at eight o'clock, once their baby's down, they pull their laptop out and that's really productive for them. Mm -hmm. It's not for me. And so it looks different for all of us, but I think identifying that and crafting our schedule in such a way that we're able to be productive in those hours will be really helpful. That's awesome. You know, as we kind of uh, come to a close with all of this, I think the biggest thing you, and you mentioned this earlier when you're talking about self-help books, right? The, the systems, the processes and how we can kind of camp out in that. And your book really is, Hey, reflect on, you know, who God made you to be and what you have in you and what he's called you to. And it's very self-focused but it's not system focused, but then again, it is system focused and then, Hey, let God lead you through this. And so in thinking about all the amazing things in the book and things that we've talked about today, what would you say and do the thing? What are our takeaways? What can we take away today from this podcast episode and, and work to think through or implement? What are our takeaways? Yeah, I'm going to give you one because this quote, I think encapsulates everything that we talked about, I think it ties a bow on it really well. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea that the outcome is his, but the obedience is ours. Oh, I think so good. many times we want to muster up or strive to achieve this particular thing. And we've talked a lot about that, but when we remember mm-hmm. that the outcome is not on us, it then frees us up to run at the right capacity and at the right speed. It allows us to remember that God is in control and he is the one that is infinite in the situation, but, and the, but is important, but that next step of faith that, you know, you sense the Lord asking you to take that is on you, right? Yeah. The outcome is his, but the obedience is ours. Oh, and so, so I good. think if I would leave us with anything, it's, it's that as you take those next steps, remembering that it's not all on you. You're partnering with God and his work in the world and, um, and the next step of faith that is on you. So that was awesome. It's just such a great encompassing that applies to every aspect of our lives. So it's so good. Um, I ask all my guests this, you know, we've been talking about all these positive things and sometimes our brains need to shift and think, you know, what not to do. And so what is one poor decision that you would warn our leaders to avoid? Mm. poor decision that I would want leaders to avoid. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I have to think of the opposite. You know, I have my to-do list, do, 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 do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes shifting my brain of, you know what, don't do this. You know, don't, don't sweat over the little things, you know, don't, Mm -hmm. don't do these things. And so that, that shift really helps us. 
don't go into your days without at least some framework of a plan, like where are you headed today, right? Like, and I realize everybody is not wired to be a to-do list type of girl, but if I walk into my day knowing, okay, by and large, this is how I'm going to spend my time. These are my priorities for the day. I'm so much more productive than if I just show up to my day, just kind of blindly taking in everything that comes or whatever that it, it just really helps me to kind of sit back and focus and prioritize. So I agree. I call that winging it. Don't show up and just wing it. (laughs) I can't wing it. I'm not, I'm I'm not going to wing it. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Where can our listeners go to learn more about you, your work and where to find the book, do the thing. Where can we go find you? Absolutely. I'm the most active over on Instagram. My handle is at Rebecca George author, and you can grab the book anywhere you like to buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Christian book. And Um, I'd love to have you over on the Radical Radiance podcast. We're having conversations each week this spring and into the summer around each individual chapter. Do the thing. So if there's something that really stuck out to you in this conversation, we probably have a whole episode about it over on Radical Radiance, which you can download anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. That's awesome, guys. You've got to read the book. Um, It has just been so so important in my journey of stepping out on faith to do the thing that God has called you to do. So I I strongly encourage you to read the book. You're going to be so glad you did. And you're going to feel so encouraged at the end. Um, And, you know, guys, until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Psalm chapter 34, verse five. Those who look at him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed.